You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Welcome to this episode of Connect. I'm Michael Rich, the Director of Communications for the Western North Carolina Conference. And today we'll be talking with the Foundation for Christian Formation. Uh, It's a four-person team, including three clergy from Western North Carolina Conference and Ed Kilborn. Uh, Gloria and Ed are with me today, and it's good to have you on the show. Thanks, Michael. It's fun to be here. So give me the spiel. What what would you tell somebody on the elevator? What does uh, FCF do? Foundation for Christian Formation is a confirmation weekend of time with young adults who are in this journey and beginning to claim for themselves their faith that was claimed for them upon their baptism. We have some, in fact, it's really cool that come through that are anticipating their baptism, so anticipating that. They come with mentors and pastors and parents and grandfriends and parents who have been a part of their faith journey and supported them in that, and it's a weekend of preparing them for their confirmation day and to begin to make that confirmation commitment to to God. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit, a bit about your team. I introduced the four of you, but tell us, uh, what, Ed, what are the four about? Well, uh, Chris and Gloria Hughes and <laughs> Kathleen and myself uh, have been friends for so many years, it, uh, uh, it is, that's another story altogether. But uh, about uh, 11, 12 years ago, uh, in our friendship, uh, this opportunity came up. And so that's uh, really about the, the, uh, the roots of the team. And, um, but it is rooted in, in our friendship and our chemistry, the, the, the variety of gifts that were given to us for um, span the spectrum that was needed for a, a Christian education, worship, music, um, all of the different uh, facets of, of what it takes to put together this, this kind of emphasis and this kind of weekend. And we, we each had those callings in our life. And the, the opportunity, although it, it takes a little juggling of schedules for everyone to do this kind of thing for nine weekends uh, a year, and so we have been since 2006. Okay, so that that's one of my questions. How long have you been doing that? It's 11 years. Yeah, yeah. This the same four bunch. This is the, the 12th year. Mm-hmm. Okay, and how many youth over those 11, 12 years have y'all dealt with? We have had over 9,000 young people uh, who brought with them uh, over 3,000, actually it's coming close to 4,000 adults. So altogether about 13,000 people have been through our weekends since we started in 2006. That's crazy. That is crazy. It is. (laughs) Well, it was the weekend that it snowed here. Uh, One of my former youth, back when I was a youth director in Columbia, Alabama, she and her youth group were up here. I think she's in uh, Columbus, Georgia now. But uh, it's a crazy thing that, you know, it just recycles over the years. But I think one of my first youth is now a youth director type. And and showed up and got snowed on that weekend here at Lake Jimaluska. Mm-hmm. So uh, tell me a little bit about what happens at a weekend. Um, yeah, so the weekend is filled with a lot of high-touch um, opportunities for the kids to be able to experience uh, small group conversation, worship, 
high touch worship opportunities for them to be able to touch holy things, be involved in preparing sacred space. Um, we worship. It's really cool because we invite each church to bring water from their community. And on Saturday morning, we do a service of remembering our baptism and anticipating that. And they all put their collective water in in one place. So, you know, this wonderful uh, pot of water that they begin to uh, touch and remember their baptisms or anticipate. And then the waters are split and sh- and sent home with them for them to use during their confirmation, just helping them to know how we are connected and our connectedness. And the stories of the water are really fascinating. One group brought water from a well that they had built in El Salvador, I wow. believe, last weekend. It was really cool. Saturday evening is communion. And again, the kids have a, such an opportunity to be a part of that. And then Sunday morning is the commissioning, blessing, and sending forth. And in between that is a process of charting their faith journey um, on a stole, a piece that will become very sacred and holy for them, a reminder, a visual reminder that they are being called and consecrated and set apart for a special purpose. Okay. Tell, tell us a little bit about the music you do during uh, that week, Ed. <laughs> well, of course, that, yes, that's, uh, that's really how I, I, I fit in more than, uh, than any other way is, is as, the storyteller, as a storyteller and a musician, which is what I do in, in the rest of my life. And uh, because of the kind of music that, that the folk style uh, enables and, and facilitates, we come at music as a, even though it's a band uh, up on stage, Gloria and Chris and myself, we come at music as, as, a, um, as a, a mission to make them sound good. And while that may sound kind of simple to say that, the point is that young people um, and even adults, a lot of people don't know how good they can sound Hmm. if the leaders will teach them the song well enough and have the passion and energy and find the kind of music that that, uh, they can connect with rather quickly. And so we have made it our job to find a collection of songs that that, that's, that's what happens. And part of one of the epiphanies of the weekend is for the kids to say, wow, wow, we didn't know we could do that. Mm -hmm. I I submit that congregations don't know they could do that. Mm -hmm. If the band's been playing so loud or the organ's been playing so loud, they've never heard themselves. Um, They they tend to just watch as we talk about it, that they sit there and uh, lip sync uh, to a screen. Mm -hmm. And uh, regardless of the fact that music has changed and gotten more contemporary, uh, the singing in our congregations is still, in my estimation and experience, which is considerable over 53 years, some, uh, you know, thousands of churches, I'm, I'm still not hearing congregations uh, really owning, owning their ability to, to sing. In, in, in some cases, it's, it's rare. It's rare. And so we want to start right here with 6th and 7th and 8th graders, um, uh, making them have really have fun, and um, uh, we're hoping that be, begins an appetite in them, uh, which that sounds like just a, making a fun weekend, but it's also, I think that is a, a real spiritual step in their sense mm-hmm. of, of, of who they are and who they can be, far more than they thought they could be. No I think it's, I yeah. think it surprises them as well oh, throughout the weekend, you know, and and it, by Sunday morning they get fearless, right? They do. I mean, it's really well, fun to watch. They're mm-hmm. just kind of fearless in that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And what a better gift to give to the church than people that realize they do have voices and that they are the people of God at work in worship. You know, mm -hmm. that's what liturgy is all about is the people at work. Yeah. Very cool. Well, why don't we take a break now, and then we're going to come back and, and delve into um, some other issues involving FCF and this group that uh, uh, you have become. That sounds good. Hi, I'm Jane Boatwright-Wood, conference lay leader, and with 30 exceptional folks representing 1,100 local churches and almost 300,000 lay members, I serve on the Board of Laity, where we encourage and equip laity in their understanding and appreciation of their role in the church. The laity are Christ's church in the community and the world. The laity are the primary way new folks get to know Christ in the United Methodist Church. And that's how we fulfill the mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ and transform the world. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church, whose mission is to build the church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people, as well as helping churches and related institutions invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes, and we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. And you can learn more about the United Methodist Foundation for Western North Carolina by going to our show's website, which is umconnect.info. And so we're back from the break, and we're with Gloria Hughes and Ed Kilborn, and I wanted to know a little bit about how this all began. How, how did uh, Foundation for Christian Formation happen? Wow, we were sitting in our living room, right, Ed? I think in Meisenheimer, North Carolina, and the four of us really realized that um, our hearts are really bent towards helping folks on this faith journey and what that might look like. And for Ed and Kathleen and Chris, they had come to the table with experience on leading. And I brought, I brought to the table having brought countless young people up to the events. And so as we began to talk and we began to claim the things that were really important to us, um, we, that's kind of how we got started, wasn't it, Ed? Yes. And, yes. We were uh, <laughs> we were in Meisenheimer because Pfeiffer University is there, and that was a part of the journey. Chris was a minister to the university at that time. Uh, Gloria was working uh, on, on ministry on that campus, and Kathleen continues to work in graduate Christian education for them. And there were uh, people there at that time, Ed Trimmer, uh, mm. Chuck Ambrose, who who uh, when we said we were interested in this and they were they were working with Pfeiffer uh, Pfeiffer said um, we will we would we encourage you we will partner with you and that did not necessarily mean that they they started the organization we we put together the organization it is just the four of us we are the foundation but they encouraged us and so uh, we consider that part of the sponsorship mm -hmm. at the very beginning and uh, freed us up as you uh, we talked about how we are able to do this, well, you're, the, whoever you work for has to be able to say, well, we will allow you in some way to take the time and, and put your energies into this for a limited part of the year. And so they, they were a part of that early beginning. But yes, it was, uh, it was the front room and it was the chemistry of our, of our, of our long-running friendship. Um, and, and it was also, um, I, 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 there was just, there was something about the timing. It was mm -hmm. just, we, we happened to hit it at, at a time when, when there was a, 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 an appetite for 
uh, the kind of um, direction we wanted to go. And, and we had a different vision for confirmation. It was, it was a, a little bit more, we were a little, uh, we're a little bit more of control freaks. We, we, we were not just running a, a youth weekend, just a, you know, a, a, a mosh pit kind of thing. We had real intention about education and about attention spans, about manners and discipline and some of the things that, that you have to have when you're running a retreat. And so we are all parents and, and we are now grandparents. Uh, we, we see these kids as, as, um, as, as needing to be taught even how to behave on a weekend. And hmm. now over 12 years, I think the feedback is that as people bring young people up, they know that if they're coming to a foundation event, that they're going to be expected to operate and invest at a high level. Hmm. And that's the kind of uh, uh, event we wanted to do. And we wanted to do it for a smaller group. We had been doing some confirmation events for other organizations where we'd have 300, 400 sometimes, hmm. which is wonderful to have a lot of people, but the lack of depth that we could get with that kind of group was frustrating to us. And so we uh, decided to take matters into our own hands, design a weekend for a maximum of 160 to 180 young people. Well, that's about 30 uh, to 40 adults and, and about 120 young people. Hmm. And so uh, we were able to... to uh, channel and keep it in a, a good flow, I think. And now we have a reputation. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope a good reputation. We are all um, kind of in the, on the same page, which you just kind of need to be. This is a theological enterprise. It's a, there's a lot of little things that, that you, you, you need to be in sympathy with each other, and particularly Chris and Gloria and, and, and I and Kathleen. Uh, we've known each other a long time, and we, we, we think along the same lines. Our goals are along the same lines, and uh, that chemistry. So there was a time when, when we came together that it was just the right thing, and it took off. Um, first year we did a couple, the next year we did like three or four, and then the next year four or five and six and seven. And at one time we were doing 10, 10 weekends a year. Now we do nine, is that correct? And, um, and uh, that's all we can handle. One of the fruits I think that we hadn't even anticipated, right, it was the fact that um, some our, our folks are really know what we expect out of the kids and they're bringing more mature and more ready. And so the work that they're doing in their local congregations is really, we're seeing the fruits of that, the readiness piece and the preparation. And many of them have um, begun to extend their confirmation classes, uh, journeys for three years, bringing hmm. older. We're seeing a lot of older, 8th, ninth, and 10th graders. One church recently brought ninth through 12th graders. Wow. So um, that's been an, a fruit that has really blessed us that we hadn't anticipated. Well, I do believe we've had a part in that, in that uh, particularly in, in, in our, our clients, uh, a lot of them come year after year after year, right. and, and we have we have modified their approach to confirmation. I think in some ways, mm-hmm. and and so it feeds back to us better, and uh, we uh, we're proud of that. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I do think part of the work that Chris did too with a exactly with a with the consecration three by three, and has really done a lot of study and work on encouraging, and has published some stuff that I think. It's just that's been very helpful as part of it as well, but yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I love the concept, and <laughs> when you when you talk about having older youth coming through, it just makes more sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are other uh, denominations where 
they don't even anticipate confirmation until you're a young adult in your uh, late teens and 20s. That's right. Mm. And, uh, and it's the kind of thing that, boy, uh, I think of all the confirmation classes I've done over the years, and when you're doing 6th and 7th graders, uh, the depth is just not there. But you get them into high school, and I had a, had a church in Japan, and all of my confirmands were you know, 10, 11th, 12th graders. Wow. It was wow. a crazy experience to be able to talk theology and mm-hmm. talk the whole journey with them and know that, you know, this is something powerful. So. And these vows, the understanding of the vows that they're taking, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's sixth and seventh graders is dependent upon their parents being able to help them fulfill it. Right. And so, yeah. Well, very cool. Well, we did mention something. Um, so Chris and Gloria are two that have a local church experience most Sundays, but these nine Sundays, how do you get around that? That's uh... Well, that's that's part of what we've worked out. I serve at Clemens United Methodist Church right. and, and have uh, continued to serve in a part-time role with them so that I can also serve in the foundation and uh, been able. They've been very gracious and see that in part as an extension of their ministry. Um, so it's been really cool as well. And Chris serves with us, and his congregation allows him to be gone um, through Saturday evening, and he'll leave and get home wee hours Saturday evening and okay. is able to uh, be in his congregation on Sunday mm-hmm. morning. Yeah, I was wondering if that's what he did. He yeah. left you all with it on Sunday morning. <laughs> we, yes, we finish, we finish up uh, uh, without him on Sunday morning, but uh, we have momentum. He's helped us that far, and we, 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 we make it. We make it work. <laughs> and it's very cool because Chris and I go back, I'm thinking, uh, nearly 40 years now. It's just wow. crazy. Um, he was my chaplain when I was a sophomore at Huntington College. Oh, gosh. Oh. So, yeah, I, I just turned 18 that year. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Um, so, tell us, how does one get involved with this? fcfconfirm.net. Uh, we are a web presence. That's as simple as uh, just about anything is these days. You go to the website and you walk through it. There's an application. There's an FAQ sheet there, which literally every question that I've ever been asked um, and thought through over the years or questions that I thought somebody should ask uh, has, is, is illuminated there. And uh, so you go and you get the background information of how we formed, what we do, um, what it costs, where it's going to be. And there is a, an uh, application form. You sign up your group. You send in a deposit. And um, as soon as that comes across our, our uh, my, my desk, it goes to Gloria. And Gloria gets in touch and shepherds them until they arrive up at, usually up at the shack, which is where most <laughs> of our events are. Mm-hmm. They meet us at the shack here at Lake Junaluska. And so it's, it's a walk. It's literally a walk from the day they get in touch with us to the day they, they arrive. We open our registration for our events on the 1st of August. Okay. By the end of August this last year, uh, out of the 1,300 slots that we had available, by the end of August, 600 of them were already filled. <laughs> wow. And by the end of February this year, all of our events were were, were filled except for just, a, we, have, we have room for five or six more. and. Mm-hmm. But uh, as of right now, um, uh, we're we're halfway through our events. But uh, last year we were still we were still filling our last events, our May, our April and May events. 
Uh, this year, we uh, we ended up uh, at the end of, of February. We had already filled all our events, which is good news. We we love to we love that we have uh, established that kind of uh, um, uh, reputation, and people come. Uh, the bad news is we have so many people that say we just couldn't get in. We couldn't get into the weekend we needed, and because we limit it, we just we're just not doing. Uh, doing it in a, in a mass um, a mass way, so we have people who get more and more intentional. We have people who literally tell me on on the first of August when I, I I put the the forms online, you know, I open the I open up the queue for people, and they say they're just sitting there at midnight getting ready to. I say no, wow. no, it's going to be six o'clock in the morning before I open those <laughs> things up. But there are people that worried about it, but because there are some big churches. Um, we have one church, Dunwoody, uh, in Atlanta, that mm. uh, in the past few years have sent 100 confirmands. Wow. Well, whichever weekend they decide to come, that it fills weekend, it up. Yeah, yeah, that weekend is... is. But we have a number of uh, groups that are, are 30, 40, and 50. And then most of them are groups of 10, 12. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just a group of two. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a mother and a son coming to a, uh, an event. Um, there's a, there's, it's, it's, a, it's a great mix. Last weekend we had a dog. Well, there you go. In fact, <laughs> I saw that dog. picture on oh, Facebook. Sure. Yeah. And he had a stole. And he had he a did stole. have a stole. And a stole. And, and, I, and I do believe um, he, uh, he or she will uh, go to heaven. That's, that's part of our, our theology is kind of, kind of out there. Okay. Well, we well did. John Wesley thought his horse went to heaven. We, we expect that dog to be there. Well. Con- confirmed. There we go. <laughs> we went places I never figured we'd go today. All right. Well, now that we've descended to this level, I'm giving you the last word. What do you want to say to folks out there? And I'm going to let Gloria do this because you've already mentioned all dogs go to heaven. There you go. Um, it, listen, it is such a sacred honor to be able to walk a portion of this journey with folks and, and their confirmands and we are we are blessed to be a part of this and be in ministry together as a team and certainly in partnership with folks in congregations. And so if they've not been with us, we would love to have them and be able to share in that in that journey with with their confirmands and mentors. All right. Well, thanks you two for sharing this Friday afternoon with me. <laughs> thanks, Thank Michael. You, Michael. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back next week connecting United Methodist and their stories. Thanks to our sponsors, the Western North Carolina Conference and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. Find out more about them at our show's website, umconnect.info. You've been listening to Connect.